Hi friends, welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to introduce you guys to my good friend, Nicole Garden. Today, Nicole and I are just going to have a chat about our breastfeeding journeys and what it was like for us and to be working moms and the obstacles that we overcame when we were pumping and normalizing breastfeeding with our family. Nicole has three amazing kids who are now 10, 8, and 6. So she is a mama who is out of the little years and is looking back and giving us her best advice. I am so excited for you guys to meet my good friend. So without further ado, here we go. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen, and her podcast, The Busy Years. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, I'm Michelle, a sales and profitability strategist, mentor, and captain of your cheering squad. But most importantly, I'm a Midwest wife and mama to two spirited boys, and I'm a lover of learning, family vacations, and nap time. I built my business between the moments of motherhood, and I know that you can do it too. Being a mama is hard, and no one should have to do it alone. That's why I'm bringing women together to share their stories of motherhood, business, and blessings. So grab your coffee, wash your dishes, hey, even take a shower, because we can do this, friend, in the middle of motherhood. You're listening to the Busy Years Podcast, where motherhood and business meet. Come tired, leave inspired. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Michelle. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today because when I thought about which friend could I invite on to talk about nursing for International Breastfeeding Week and who would be the most authentic and real and tell it like it is, I couldn't think of anyone else other than you. Oh, thanks. So why don't you just first tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, how many kids you have, and what you do. Sounds good. What's crazy is when you had first asked me to do this, I was thinking my youngest is turning six this summer, and it doesn't seem like it's been that long since I've nursed, Mm -hmm. but um, it did play a big role in my life for several years. So I'm excited to talk about that today. Mm -hmm. Um, So for your listeners, my name's Nicole. It's nice to meet all of you. Um, I have three children. My oldest is 10 and a half, which is crazy. He's a boy, Noah. I have George that just turned eight last week. And then, like I said, my daughter, Cecilia, is turning six in August. what else should I say? Tell, so like, what do you do? Cause you are a mom entrepreneur. You have yes. your own business yes. that you do with your family. Yes. So tell people what you do. Okay. So I grew up in a residential real estate family. My father's been selling for probably 35 years or so. 
Michelle and I met in uh, my former career. I worked in recruiting for a really long time. Um, and then about five years ago, I got my real estate license and joined my family. So me, my mom, and my dad, it's one big happy family. We all sell real estate together. And then we do have another guy that works with us on our team too. His name is Bill. So yeah. I have always worked in different capacities while being a mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how Nicole and I probably should have met a long before we ever met because <laughs> Nicole's brother and I were friends in high yes. school. But the yes. way that we met was so funny that I was in a networking meeting in Starbucks. You're like, excuse me, did you just say, <laughs> um, do you know my brother? And do you work in insurance and you're a woman? We need to yes. sit down and talk. Yes. Yes. I'm sitting at Starbucks and all of a sudden I can hear this girl next to me talking about Jake Grimes, who is my brother. And I figured there probably weren't a lot of people with that name here in Omaha. So I uh, introduced myself to that conversation. And, and like I said, I was working in recruiting at the time. And that is how Michelle and I met. We ended up working together for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember our first meeting, I was like, I have to bring the baby with me because I was on maternity leave. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Like, so I was like, I have to bring him with me. And yes. you had had Cecilia not long before. Correct. And at that point, she wasn't sleeping and yes. Turner was. And I can yes. remember we sat down and you were like, so is he sleeping? I was like, yeah, he is. Yeah. And it was like the one thing. And you're like, oh, oh. You just saw like the wind come out of my sails and you saw tears forming <laughs> in the bottom of my eyes. I do feel like that was the story of my life with newborns. Well, babies until they were one years old is everybody else's babies were sleeping and mm -hmm. mine never were, but such is life. Now yeah. that seems like a, a distant past for sure. Yeah. And that is totally how Thatcher, my second one was like, he never, ever slept, but yes. Um, many a times did we talk in the office about nursing and breastfeeding. Yes. And I remember after you had recruited me, one of our, fir my first questions to you was, is there going to be a place for me to pump? Because mm -hmm. being in a place that is mainly a male dominated, dominated, yep. um, workplace, I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to let me pump? Are they going to? And so, and you kind of didn't really have a similar situation, but just mm -hmm. your whole nursing mm -hmm. journey and working in corporate mm -hmm. um, was kind of crazy. So I'd love for you to touch on that. Yeah. So with my first son, um, one of the reasons why the company that Michelle and I used to work for had hired me was because we needed to recruit some new young blood into the organization. Really before I had gotten there, it was people that had been there for a long time. And so because of that, there were not a lot of women, we'll say, in childbearing years. Mm -hmm. And so when I first came back to work with my oldest, um, you know, I would say that the company was very accommodating. They just didn't know what they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I just remember being, I luckily had an office at that time. So that was helpful. So I could just close the door and I could pump at work. Uh, but I would be on conference calls with all men 
and they could hear my little machine in the background, the little, and they would stop and they'd be like, do you hear that? What is that sound? And I would courageously on this phone call be like, I am pumping. And I think some of them didn't even really know what that meant. Uh, they were just way too afraid to even ask. Um, and I can also remember people coming and knocking on my door while it was happening. And just how awkward it is to try to explain to somebody through a wooden door that's shut and they can't see you what it is that you're doing behind that door. Mm -hmm. and so I think it was just um, something I took on to maybe let people know that when women come to work, that's something that they do. And if they don't have an office, there's going to need to be somewhere in the office space where they do that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, Michelle, I can't even remember where we did pump at the other office. So did we just find random offices. Yes. Or there was a clo the closet office that I shared. Like it was, you know, remember I had a closet with Tom and him and I. Well, I was in there with you too. Oh, well, then after that, I just went and found some random office yes. of someone that yes, was yes. gone. And I was yes. like, I'm going to lock your door. Yes. But before I can remember sitting there and Tom would be like, um, because he kind of knew, like, we were yes. so close to each other. Like, he, he's yes. like, um, it's about your time to do your thing. Oh, that is so funny. Do you need me to leave? But it became like a reason that he got to have a break from work because yes. he had to leave the office. Yes. Start, leave our office. And I was trying to remember where we did it at the new office and I couldn't remember. Um, you know, I think if you are fortunate enough to go behind, if you have your own office where you can shut the door, it's maybe not that at, as big of a deal, but I can remember talking to girlfriends who worked for much larger companies with mm -hmm. a lot of young women who were lactating and they had what were called nursing rooms yeah. and they had recliners with refrigerators and places where they could, you know, cause then that's the other thing is where do you put it once you're done? Right. Right. The milk itself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just felt like the more we could normalize that around the office place and not make it a weird thing, the better. And as more young women came in and more of them wanted to nurse, I think it became not as uncomfortable as a thing. So yeah, 100%. And, yeah. and when I first went back with having Turner, I did have a nursing room because I went back to work a little bit before I came and worked for the company that you and I worked for. Okay. And it was nice. Like they had some closet that it was yes. like this mystery door that unless yes. you knew that that was the magic room with, yes. and you had your own key yes. to like go in and there was the fridge and everyone kept their milk in there as yes. opposed to when you're like, well, here's my stuff next to your pizza. Yes. You know, or yes. like, and so this huge cold cooler full of ice that I'm going to bring with me to work so that I don't have to awkwardly take this liquid clear bag full of milk past all of my coworkers into the break room. So mm -hmm. um, it definitely took some planning, we'll say. Yeah. I would love for you to touch on, I remember um, you were talking about, I can't remember which one of the boys, but he would not take a bottle. And yes. that is how Turner was. My oldest, the daycare lady would be like, well, he took 10 ounces all day. And I was like, uh, so he's starving. Uh, and 
you know, but I didn't have a way and I wasn't in a position for him to come to me. It was, it just, it was what it was. And he just nursed all night and like made up. So he just like snacked to get himself over the hungry, but he only wanted it. Yes. It's, um, all three of the kids were diff- were a different nursing journey for me. And I think this also ties into the pressure that comes with nursing. You know, nursing is, for me, I have two very strong emotions when I think back on it. One is pride. I'm so mm-hmm. proud of myself for sticking with it and for doing it. And then the other emotion is just completely overwhelmed um, because you really live a life in three hour increments for however long you decide to do it. Mm -hmm. And for my, for the three different stories, you know, for my oldest, that's when I worked, I guess you'd say more of a structured Monday through Friday, eight to five. And that's when I, I, he was the baby I was away from the most. And I can remember when I didn't have enough breast milk to send with him to mm-hmm. daycare. And you would have thought I was the biggest failure. I mean, I was just, I can remember crying because I felt like I wasn't doing a good enough job. Um, and then once I got to the point that I was sending him with like half of my milk and half of my formula, it or for, formula in general, the effect that it had on me overall to just take that pressure off of myself and mm-hmm. to just be like, you are doing the best you can and your baby's eating. That's all that matters. Um, my second baby, I had cut back on work a little bit. So I've been spending a lot more time with him. And yes, to your question, George never took a bottle ever. <laughs> so for anybody who's gone through that, you know how emotional that is. Mm -hmm. That was stature. Uh, Oh my gosh. And we bought every bottle on the shelf. Um, I remember leaving one day and Sam was like, that's my husband. He was like, just leave. I came back like eight hours later and George was screaming and crying because he still hadn't taken his bottle. So um, when he first went to daycare, I I was in a position where I could go to him. Um, but if you want to imagine how effective that work day was, I mean, it was like every two and a half hours, I stopped what I was doing. I went to him, I fed him and I came back to work. And then thankfully, once he started taking cereal, then he could eat during the day. And then when I would pick him up from daycare, he would scream and cry the entire mm-hmm. way home, which was awful. Um, And then my last baby, I was home a lot more with her. And so Mm -hmm. um, the pumping wasn't as much. And I was only working two or three days a week at that point. So um, I was able to nurse her when I was with her. And so it just didn't seem as challenging. Yeah. And that's totally how Thatcher was too. Like, it didn't matter what, like he, I don't even think we had a time in his first year where we were apart. like at night because nobody could take him and they're like it'll be fine and then they'd be like well um like I think my mom probably did they're like he didn't eat anything and I was like I told you it's just easier for me to bring him home it's just easier to go out and to pick him up at midnight and to bring him home and feed him and to put him to bed and um I think that's like one thing that women or moms like have this like guilt around as well 
because you think you should be able to just like let your baby go. It's fine. You're parents or your in-laws or a friend like they have it and they can take care of it but there's like something inside you and it's so hard to communicate because I feel like our generation is really the first big wave of women Mm -hmm. who are all like exclusively nursing to say like no it is just so much easier yeah and if I go out all night to just bring him home and nurse him yeah it's a hundred percent and I know my brother's already gotten one shout out and I'm going to give him another one I had a work trip that I had to go on and I was trying to get out of it and trying to get out of it. And I guess maybe I just didn't have people that I don't want to say supported, but they just didn't understand when I'm saying my baby doesn't take a bottle. Mm -hmm. So Jake came, um, I called him my Manny. He was my, my man and nanny and, um, gosh, bless his heart for coming on that trip. But he had friends that lived in the city that I went to. So I would go to conferences during the day and he would watch George. And then when I got home from the conference, he would go out and party with his friends all night. Um, Not all night. Sorry, Jake. Not all night. Just for a while. Just for some hours. Um, But I, if you don't have certain people, I was lucky that I had a brother that was in college. So he was flexible. Um, but there were times that I had to bring the Manny with me because my work really expected me to be certain places and I couldn't mm-hmm. be there without my baby. So, yeah. 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 Which is a great transition to kind of talking about normalizing breastfeeding with your family because yes. my mom just bottle fed, like I just had formula. And so I was really like the first one in my wave of even my families to just exclusively breastfeed and to make it normal. And it's so hard because I know that other people like want to give your baby a bottle and it's like it, you know, and, and it's a time of bonding, but like the nursing is also, it's so funny because in that time it feels so long that it's really so short that you're like, I don't want to give that up, but Mm -hmm. it's so hard. Or even for me, because Thatcher, was he just was a sick baby and like the nursing helped him with all of his sicknesses and all this stuff. And so even at like two and a half, he was still nursing and to have people be like, Oh wait, you're still nursing him. Like he can ask uh you for milk. And I was like, yeah, Uh you know, and yeah, you know, and how you normalized it. And I don't have any siblings, so it doesn't matter, but you have all brothers. I have all brothers. I do. (laughs) And so just making it normal, like for family or in settings where it's not normal is also yep. kind of a huge feat as well. Yeah. So I do, I'm the oldest of four and I have three brothers behind me and, uh, none of them were even married yet. When I had my first, all three of them are married now. <clears throat> um, Two of them have their own children and my last brother has a baby on the way, but we are a lake family. We, my parents have a a lake house down at Beaver Lake and that's where we spend a lot of our time on this in the summer. So if you think about 10 years ago when Noah was born, my brothers would have been like high school, high or no high school, college, law school. So I mean, Mm -hmm. pretty young. And they're dudes, you know, they're, they're guys, they're great, but, um, they don't see a whole lot of nursing or Mm -hmm. breastfeeding. And 
I think maybe in the beginning, so we spend a lot of time on a boat and it is a, a very normal sized boat. It's not like a yacht where I had <laughs> a room downstairs that I could go nurse in. And so I did a lot of nursing on the boat. And I think at first I did it with a blanket over me and over the baby. And I'm like shifting swimming suits and tying blankets. And when you're sitting on a boat in the middle of July and it's 100 degrees outside, that just doesn't work for you mm -hmm. or the baby. And so I was always courteous about it. I would make an announcement about what I was getting ready to do. And then my brother, Jake, um, started calling it BFing. Um, and so I'd say, if anybody's looking in the back of the boat, Nicole's BFing, which I think, I don't, I think that might have another term, but yes. for him, <laughs> thankfully, he meant breastfeeding. Um, and then, you know, they came up with BFing, and then we also talk about BM, which is breast milk. And um, I'll be honest, I don't think my brothers were ever super comfortable with it, but I hope, if nothing else, because they saw me do it as they got married and had babies, what's mm -hmm. cool is now their wives nurse on the boat. And it's mm -hmm. just a thing that we do. And um, I love seeing it. And I love that our family can support each other that way. Do your kids love getting mail? I know mine do. Every day they run out to the mailbox, check the mail, look for their names and see if there's something that was sent to them in the mail that day. Quite often, they come back and tell me, oh, mom, it's more bills, or here's some more papers. Do you want me to throw this in the trash? But it is so exciting to them when they get their own mail, or even better, when it's an entire package. With both of their names addressed to them, it makes them so happy and excited. I mean, who doesn't love happy mail? I signed my kids up for Allison Carter Celebrates Memories and Moments boxes. Each month, we get a holiday-themed box that's shipped to our door with DIY decor, crafts, activities, table supplies, recipes, and more. And my boys are so excited every month to open up their box and see what fun Allison has created for us that month. The thing that I love about the boxes is that there's no need to collect any extra supplies. If you're gonna need it for the craft or the activity, Allison has put it in the box. So all you need to do is open it and create some amazing memories with your family. And best part, Allison even lets us take credit of being the rock star moms. You can go to allisoncartercelebrates.com to get your first memories and moments box and use the code busy years to get free shipping on your first box again you can go to allisoncartercelebrates.com and use the code busy years i can't wait to see the fun crafts and activities you and your kids do together that's it's so amazing and for you to just like set a stage of normalcy you know and just in your confidence of being you i think is amazing and that's how it's interesting. And even just having your first one, it's how you were talking about, you try to cover and do all this stuff because that's just, I feel like how we are with the first. And by the second one, you're like, listen, we don't have time for this. No. And I'm going to change a diaper while I'm nursing. Got to prop yep. your leg up to keep the baby from falling. <laughs> I know you and I have talked about this yes. many a times. And you're like, and then you add the third one in. Yes. It's like, I can nurse, pull a kid off a toilet, wipe their butt, pull up their pants. You know, I can, you, you learn how to do all sorts of things while you're nursing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I would love since like you kind of were in like the corporate recruiter role, if yep. you have any advice for a woman who's maybe because a lot of times I do feel like when it's your first, you just don't know how to speak up or the right words to say. And you, I feel like are always the queen of the perfect right words to say. Oh my gosh. That is so nice of you to say that. <laughs> that what advice would you give to a woman that's in the young age of like just having the first baby to be like, what do I say to my boss that mm-hmm. maybe I'm the only woman in the office now, or I'm the youngest one. What do yeah. I say to them or how do I phrase it to make it be like, look, this is a normal thing. Yeah. And I mean, by law, they have to accept it now. But yeah. even back when we were nursing, it wasn't quite law yet with yeah. our first ones. Like, yeah. what words do you put around that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it, it probably depends on the woman's personality For me, I'm probably more of a ask for forgiveness, not permission type of personality. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't think I really had like this huge, courageous conversation with somebody about what I needed to do. It was just more of I needed to do it. And so I just did it. Mm -hmm. And if people asked me questions, I was very honest with them about what was going on. Um, but like I said, I was fortunate enough to have an office where you can close the door. Mm-hmm. And I think for some, I think a lot of these offices now are very open concept cubicle style and there's no doors. Um, and so that's trickier. That's different. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you're just going to have to tell them either people can watch me do this or I'm going to have some privacy doing this, but I'm going to need a, I feed my baby and I'm going to need a place of privacy where I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like I said, I was more of a, I just kind of did it until people started asking me questions about it. Yeah. 100%. So. And just making sure. And I always think it's so important to say when you're going in or having some of those things, that it's like, um, a bathroom is not where I can go. So what other room can I go to? Because that's not going to work. Um, and that women just having, like, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, you're going to have to go back to work or to realize that it's okay. And you can speak up to say like a bathroom is not a place for me. 100%. And we've all been there. We've all sat on a toilet seat and done Mm -hmm. it before. I know I've done it at an airport before they started putting the little nursing pods in the airport. Yeah. I would sit in the handicap, excuse me, the handicap stall of the bathroom. And um, no, that is not satisfactory. I can remember one time, I don't know if it was traveling or a work conference or work something, but the only place was a bathroom. And so here I was like trying to hang it all up yes. on the, on the hook and yes. like lean against the thing. Cause I was like, yes. nothing can touch the floor. Nothing yes. can touch anything. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think it was even like, I just dumped the milk, Yes, because, but I didn't want any of my bags or any of that stuff to touch. Yes. And so sometimes you just work with what you have. And you, if you have to dump the milk, you have to dump the milk. Yes. Which you always had so much. So it wasn't an issue for you. Yeah. I I used to have like major milk envy with you as we would pump at work. You'd be like, well, there's my 24 ounces. And I'm like, (laughs) 
I've been gone for an hour. Here's my six. Yeah. I was with Turner. It was literally like a milk cow. I think I like created overproduction with him. Oh my gosh. Because I donated so many ounces. But yes. So I would love for us to also touch on because you have been a mom who is working and you've had three kids. And I know so many conversations with us and in Turner's first year, I came in so often towards his first birthday being like, did I miss it all? Have I missed oh, all of this? Mm, because mm -hmm. I came to work and I sat at a desk and he's doing all these things. And, um, and I was like really obsessive about having all these firsts in his first years, which yes. I look back and was probably po undiagnosed postpartum <laughs> stuff. But, mm. um, I think you give some great advice to like a mom if, because some people listening, like they are going to have to go back to work, especially yep. right now there's teachers going back to work and it's just what it is for some people. And it's really yeah. hard, but what your advice is for someone who does have to leave their baby. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> like I said, I've had, I've had different work schedules since while I've had children, when my kids were four, two and brand new, um, that was a time where I just felt like I probably needed to be here more than I needed to be in an office. Um, and so I did that. And while I am so grateful for that time, it took me very little time to realize that the best version of myself is not mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, truly the best version of, I like to work, I just do. It's, I don't know. It's something, it's something there's, there is a sense of accomplishment that I get from my work that I don't get from other areas of my life. And so, mm -hmm. um, I like the fact that my children see me, let's be honest during COVID mostly in leggings and a sweatshirt. <laughs> I remember one time I put on jeans and Noah's like, Oh my gosh, where are we going today? I'm like, this is bad. Cause I haven't worn jeans in a long time. Um, but I like the fact that my children see me getting up, getting dressed, going to work. Um, they see me, uh, they hear Sam and I have conversations about how we balance our schedule with both of our meetings. And I just think, for me personally, it's healthy for my children to hear how that dynamic works. Um, but did I cry for two weeks each time I had to go back to work having a baby? Yes. Mm -hmm. The anxiety that I had about going back to work, but it didn't end up being as bad as I thought it was going to be once I was there. In fact, I felt really good once I got back to work. Mm -hmm. So. I agree because it is it's so hard or once like working up to that like letting go or leaving and with Thatcher I had so much longer but my postpartum with him was so bad that it took a long time but I can remember it was like once I go or once I even you know now at home close the door <laughs> close the office door and I pretend yep. like I'm somewhere else yeah you it's not that I forget them or love them any less, but mm -hmm. I just really love what I do. Yes. And that I feel accomplishment or that I'm doing something for me. Yes. And in turn, doing something for them, you know, right. it's, um, 
if, if you feel the best about yourself, if you're happy, your children, if mama ain't happy, the kids aren't happy. Mm-hmm. And so I know for every, for some people that's staying at home full time, maybe it's working full time, maybe it's a hybrid of the two, but um, once you if you are able to find out that balance, I think you have a much of a happier household. hundred so. percent. Yeah. So do you have any last advice for a mom either maybe that's nursing or even as a mom who's looking back now, reminiscing on all of your years yes. of nursing? Yes. You know, I think I'll go back to where I started, which is, um, it's interesting that it's, again, when I look back on that time in my life, I'm just, I'm proud of that time because there were a lot of times that maybe throwing in the towel would have been easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like awesome time with just you and your baby. It was, um, it's like the one thing that you can do for them that really nobody else can. And did I feel that way every single night when I was the only one that could do it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just, I don't know. I feel proud. And then I, for anybody who's in it right now in the thick of it, if you're feeling incredibly overwhelmed by it, that was a supernatural feeling for me at the same, that was a supernatural feeling for me too. Yeah. So. 100%. I can remember being like, seriously to change. I was like you are worth nothing right now but at the same time it's interesting and I don't know if it happened for you or because I have seen it happen in a few other friends that we've reached this time where it doesn't matter which parent can really take care of them mm-hmm. and so now I don't know if I naturally am just like listen I did all of this oh, for yeah. five years oh, it's your yeah. Jake is just kind of taking over some more things or when stuff is hard or he's like, no, just go. Because for so long, we couldn't just go out and hang out with our friends for as long as we wanted because we knew that we needed to come back to nurse. Yeah. I think certain dads shine at certain times and and moms too, of course. Um, I love what you just said. I think that Sam was a great dad when the kids were babies but I've seen what he's like now that our kids are 10, eight and six. And he's so great. You know, there's so Mm -hmm. many things that he can do with him or do with them. Um, And he is good about, yeah, I'll take the kids golfing. You take the afternoon or whatever it is. So I love that you said that because dads tend to shine at different times. I feel like. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because it is like you feel in those little years. And if you're someone who only has littles, you feel like you're the only one who can care for them and do everything. And to a point it's true, but it does get better. It does. And the older they get, the better they get. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I get sad that I don't have babies anymore, but, um, they just get better. The older the kids get, the better they get. We're going to be approaching teenage years here in a couple years, so we'll see how that goes. But I love talking to them as people now, and, you know, Mm -hmm. we get to do a lot more now that they're older. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and everything today. 
The last question I always ask people is if you could go back to the Nicole that was deep in the years with the three babies and you could give her any advice or you wish that you would have known, what would you say to the, the you and the little years? Oh gosh. I don't want to say, you know, take it all in. It goes by so fast. Um, because it does. And I think that's probably something that people say a lot. Um, I think I would have said, don't put so much pressure on yourself in regards to how maybe people perceive that you're doing things. Cause really, let's be honest, everybody's so busy thinking about themselves and how they're doing things there. Nobody's really sitting around being like, I wonder how Nicole's handling her day to day. Um, but I think I worried too much about, is my house clean? Am I doing good at work? You know, do I have all the kids preschool projects hanging up? Did I sign up for all the volunteer opportunities? Um, just not to put so much pressure on yourself because people aren't thinking about how you're doing things maybe as much as you think they are. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much thank for you, being Michelle. on the show. Yes, thank um, you. If someone wants to come reach out to you and tell you how much they love you, where can they find Aww. you like on Instagram or Facebook uh, or wherever you hang out the most? Yeah, that's awesome. So I uh, sell real estate now in my profession. And so I have an Instagram page called Nicole Garden Realtor. That's a way to get a hold of me. Um, and then I also just have a personal page. I think it's just called Nicole Garden. I don't even know. Probably. I'll link it in the show notes okay. for people. And it's just like a garden, like a vegetable garden. Sometimes people confuse that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited yep. to have you today. All right. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Busy Years Podcast. This episode's show notes and all past episode show notes can be found at michellehagan.com slash podcast. I would love to put a face to the listener. Come over and join me on Instagram at Michelle Ann Hagan, or you can join me in our private Facebook community just for the Busy Years podcast listeners called Hey Mama, Let's Connect. This is a community where you can dig in a little bit deeper to your dreams, share your dreams out loud with like-minded people, let people cheer you on in what you are currently doing to chase your dreams, and learn a little bit more about our episodes, and I'll even pop in there every once in a while to teach live. I can't wait to see you and meet you, my friends. Hey mama, did you need someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams? that you can take action in the middle of motherhood, I just wanted to pop in and give you another reminder, friend, that you got this. You can do this in the middle of motherhood, no matter how busy the years get.